This is Garage Logic Podcast number 112, March 6, 2019. 16 below on this day in 1890 and 69 degrees on this day in 2000. Man, 2000 had a beautiful early March. And uh, in a moment, I'll tell you uh, what's going to happen with the annual state high school hockey tournament blizzard. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. This means nothing to GLers in warmer climates, but this Saturday, which is what? The championship day of the state high school mm-hmm. hockey tournament, uh, as much as 15 inches of snow uh, could fall in the Twin Cities area all during the day and all during the night. Uh, another big snowstorm looks to hit the Twin Cities. N- no, no. I don't let's approve. Get this, you're denying that it's going to happen? Let's no. get this out of the way. Uh, because you're no space management restrictions have been lifted in Garage Logic. All space management responsibilities uh, must be continuing. Otherwise, we, we won't be able to get around. Uh, so let's get this argument out of the way. Uh, Al uh, Horseman writes, I'm a day or two behind the podcast, so this may not be relevant anymore. No, because of the snow forecast, Al, this is relevant. On the subject of snow thrower versus snow blower, I've always gone with this notion. The short answer is they are not the same. A snow thrower refers to a single stage snow removal machine that picks up the snow in one motion and throws it out the chute with the continuation of that moment. The term single stage describes the fact that the snow is thrown in one single movement. I think we all knew that. A snow blower refers to a two stage snow removal machine. The auger scoops up the snow in the first stage and feeds it to the impeller, which blows the snow second stage out the chute. The blower part seems appropriate since the impeller operates much like a fan, except it is much more powerful. Uh, so he he's weighing in on the on the side of calling it a snow throw a single stage a snow thrower. Why okay. the horn? Appropriate. Oh, appropriate. I'm sorry, I missed that. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Dave writes. <clears throat> Hi, Joe. Enjoying the podcast, but really missed the live call-in show. I'm writing to correct you and others, an Ace Hardware store owner, calling your Toro snow thrower a snow blower. Since you are a fact-based show, I would suggest that you dig out your maintenance user manual that you received when you purchased it. If it says that it is a snow blower, feel free to send it to me and I will eat it. The machine throws the snow. It does not blow it. I would think that you will remember if you found it or not. It was... I also remember that you asking, what was the name for the Sears Home Electronics? I do not remember if you found it or not. It was Silvertone. They also use it for their musical instruments, and your guitar player should have recognized the name Silvertone. They made some good ones. I had to lug a Silvertone trombone one summer to band practice, but lost interest after a month. Didn't have the lips for it. Thanks for the show. I enjoy listening and learning and reading your Sunday column. This is David Lujan. I'm sticking. I'm sorry. Hasn't snowblower entered the lexicon as a common term? I think so. I think so. 
Plus, you could make the argument that in a two-stage, the second stage really isn't isn't anything being blown. It's being thrown just like a single stage. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to continue that argument. I just don't want to continue. You, to you know what that it. is, though? That's Isn't that almost dueling hardware ace owners? Well, this guy didn't say he was a hardware store owner. I thought the, the other guy said oh, he he was an ace. Get some scan no, 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 no. The first guy that you read said he owned an ace hardware store. Al? Yes. You re- I know you read that. Yes, no, you did. No, no, no. The sentence you heard. The sen- <laughs> extra coins today. Are you, are we threw in a couple of extra. Are you listening <laughs> Yes, we threw in a couple of extra today. Show me your intense listening face. <laughs> Here's the sentence you heard, okay, Reavers. Here we go. I am writing to correct you and others, and then parenthetically he said, an Ace Hardware Store owner, close parentheses, calling your Toros He was referring to uh, Mike Mike, Fratelloni. That's what I was going to get to, but he doesn't own the store. He just shops there. Mike? That's neither here nor there to the emailer. I thought Mike owned it. What did I tell you? You're supposed to be listening intently. Remember yesterday, I thought there was a King Kong Brody in addition to a King Kong, uh, who's the, who's the oh, guy Bundy. who died? Bundy. Bundy. Yep. And uh, Andrew in Rochester says there was indeed a wrestler by the name of King Kong Brody in addition to King Kong Bundy. King Kong Brody, better known as Bruiser Brody, was a popular wrestler, especially in Puerto Rico in the 70s and 80s until his death in 1986. Brody was slashed across his stomach with a large knife in the shower area of the locker room at a wrestling show in Puerto Rico. Brody's death, believed by many to be an ordered hit, is one of the most horrific tragedies in the wrestling business, as his killer was uh, cleared of the charge. Hmm. Brody's killer, fellow wrestler Jose Gonzalez, claimed self-defense despite many wrestlers believing otherwise, as Brody was owed a large sum of money by World Wrestling Council promoter Carlos Colon. Brody would have likely survived the attack, but it took paramedics an hour to reach him due to traffic and the thousands of fans at the show. Brody would later die at the hospital. Mm. King Kong Brody. King Kong Brody! What was that from? Guy Green used to uh, do a Wally Carbo impression. He would he would always be levying a fine against King Kong Brody. <laughs> uh, and Steve wants us to know that Jordy supplied the wrong word for us. Psychoterratic. That uh, uh, remember uh, we we uh, we thought that was the word that was used to describe a uh, a falling out with nature. Uh, it turns out that uh, psychoterratic is the malaise felt by not being in nature. And uh, Steve writes, I believe the correct word is ecoignosi, which is the ignorance of ecology, a generational detachment from the environment. I accept that. Gotcha. And he linked me to a big article that I started to read and I didn't like. So, Daylight savings time starts Sunday. I'm ready for it. 2 a.m. Florida Senator Mark Rubio is reintroducing the Sunshine Protection Act, which would make daylight savings permanent across the U.S. Most of the nation will set their clocks forward one hour this Sunday, and Senator Rubio is hoping it uh, to make the change stick. Uh, he is expected to. Uh, the bill was originally filed on March 12, 2018, but it did not advance. Then Governor Rick Scott had just signed a bill into law to have Florida stay on daylight savings time year round. Earlier that week, Congress still hasn't approved the measure. Studies have shown many benefits of year round daylight savings time, which is why Florida's legislature overwhelmingly voted to make it permanent last year. All right, so in Florida, that's all the time, huh? 
I'm all for it. I didn't know that. Because it's a farming thing. Isn't that why we started doing sure. it? Yeah. Supporters of a permanent daylight saving time say the increased sunlight in the evening hours would prevent car crashes, decrease crime, and save energy. But the law would mean that for some winter months, the sun wouldn't rise until after 8 a.m., possibly endangering your students. Oh, I suppose. Kids waiting for the bus stop. Kids at the bus. Uh, darkness for our children in the morning, especially for students who walk to school or are standing at a bus stop in the dark, causes great safety concerns for us, said somebody in Florida. Okay. All right. I don't have a horse in the race. I really don't care either way. Uh, to me, it's rather a festive, almost holiday-like atmosphere to uh, uh, fall back in the fall mm-hmm. and spring ahead in the spring. We should check the uh, sunset times. Uh, it's around okay. 5.30 right now, isn't Boy, it? Boy, you found me a good lake to look at. We uh, have a large screen in here, ladies and gentlemen, and we're staring at a picture of a... I want warm, soothing images on the screen. This is out east Lake Winnipesaukee. Winnipesaukee. That's yes. in uh, New Hampshire, I believe. Okay. I believe that's it New is, Hampshire. correct. Boy, you know your lakes. Oh, I know my lakes. Mm-hmm. I know. You know who knows jewelry? Moeller. R.F. Moeller Jeweler. You got to face a fact, guys. Your daughter's engagement ring is bigger than the one you gave your wife. So maybe it's time to start thinking about upgrading hers. So the next time you show up at a family event, she can, you know, hold up her hand and say, I've been catching up. Molars have been helping guys like this for 67 years. They will take her original diamond in on trade and provide you with a diamond that will blow her away every time she looks at it. And if I, I know some guys who've done this, and uh, they have told me that if I would have known how happy this would have made her, I probably should have done this five or ten years ago. Uh, Moeller staff has uh, registered jewelers, certified gemologists, and certified gemologist appraisers. They're qualified to show you the difference between Moeller diamonds and the diamonds that other jewelers sell. And if you're worried about the price... Let me tell you something. I've known these people for a long time. Moeller doesn't like to lose a sale because of price, and he never has. And if you don't believe that, go online and look at their reviews. R.F. Moeller Jeweler, 50th in France in Edina, Ford in Cleveland in St. Paul, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, and a great website at rfmoeller.com. Latte Schmate. Here's Joe Suchere. Hi. Damn, that is a neat looking lake, you isn't it? Me. I got a thought. This is happening uh, all over the country. The closer you get to the tallest buildings, the uh, the one party only elected officials go into the salon and they dream up ways to curtail your freedoms, and they dream up ways to impose uh, regulatory behavioral uh, dynamics on you, and uh, they'll prevent you from buying a pack of menthol cigarettes, and they'll uh, they'll ban plastic bags. And the latest in St. Paul is that a, a vote is expected to be taken on the proposed banning of certain takeout container materials. Yes. Uh, including the, uh, or most principally, uh, what's called black plastic or styrofoam to go containers, and I've I've got a little knowledge about this because I talked to some restaurant tours about this. Uh, I talked to Dave Cosetta, who spent a lot of money in St. Paul building a restaurant. He employs a lot of people, mm-hmm. 
and he has extraordinary expenses uh, during the year just to buy these takeout containers. Right. I bought one Monday night at Cosetta's. Okay. Two orders of Masticelli oh. that came in the black plastic yep. because they can have a lid on it and they don't spill. It's sec- it's secured. It's better than the, the other white ones. And I'm building up to a point. And Cosetta told me, look, if I put that in a in a container that would spill, I'm just losing a customer. They're not going to come back if they get home and this stuff is slopped all over right. the place. Well, it turns out that Eureka Recycling uh, and maybe other recycling companies, they claim they can't recycle the black plastic uh, because their whatever technology they have on this line of recyclable material going through the factory mm-hmm. doesn't read black plastic. Yes. How long until um, Eureka is being claimed of racism? Well, that's that's another You're problem. You're kicking out black plastic. Stop that. You're problem. discriminating. So, so the uh so the city uh wants to because in the salon they figure it's their role, never mind the streets. It's their role to save the earth. Right. And they think they're going to save the earth by eliminating black plastic to-go containers. Never mind what that does to the little mom pa mung restaurant or Cosetta's or Pat Mancini or any of them. The catch is this. Many large food corporations, Johnsonville, for example, mm-hmm. or whatever, they will still be allowed to sell their products in the grocery store in these so-called non-recyclable black plastic containers. So I'm I'm, I'm leading up to a point, Mm -hmm. leading up to a point. Well, A, that's unfair to the local business owner. You're letting Johnsonville, I'm just picking Johnsonville uh, arbitrarily, you're letting Johnsonville load up the shelves at Cub with brats and whatever, and many times they're in this black plastic or they're in this that, that black styrofoam tray. Right. Uh, but you're going to go to a, a guy uh, in St. Paul who has spent millions and millions and millions of dollars uh, building up his restaurant business, a restaurant that's been in St. Paul since, what's go said, is about 1911. Yes. And you're going to tell him... You must now go and spend whatever apparently you're going to have to spend to find a product to replace that black plastic because Eureka can't recycle it. The point I've been leading up to is this. Why in the hell don't you put some of the responsibility on the recycler? You go to Eureka and say, look, you got the gig here. You have to figure out a way. Buy a machine that will read black plastic. Right. Why is it up to the business owner to always fulfill the dreams of the salon? Yes. Wait a minute. Okay. I'm on to something here. Get the coins ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Now, because I'm not all that familiar, but St. Paul already takes care of the garbage. Uh, Well, private haulers do, but they're organized now by the city. Is the city in charge of recycling yet? Well, I think it's a quasi-government uh, control because they've appointed uh, Eureka to do the bid. Uh, Are you seeing my job. link here? Are they in some way using this as a mechanism to gain a hold of not only the garbage but the recycling as no, well? I know. You don't no, think so? No. What I, what I think it is is that— well, here's a quote from Pat Mancini. It's unfortunate that restaurateurs are some of the family-run small businesses of St. Paul and are targeted with this. Pat Mancini said, "We don't start with the top. We we don't start with the top with the biggest companies that really need to do the recycling." And my point is, 
you people in the salon, you're going after your easiest targets. If you're going to ban this, why are you allow, allowing major food conglomerates mm-hmm. from the United States to sell their products here in the very containers you're telling a local business owner he or she can't use? Why instead isn't there some aggressive means made to go to the recyclers and say, look, it's not Cosetta's job to be in the recycling business. Right, right. You're in the recycling business. Mancini and Cosetta and uh, Wong Tong and, right. and whoever else. They're more than happy to put their recycling in a bin that gets picked up. But you, the recycler, you better figure out how to use it. The other problem is that apparently China isn't buying a lot of our recycling anymore. Uh, they were a big market for this stuff. And there, there is some suspicion but it's getting picked up, but it's might be ending up in a landfill. Hmm. I haven't. I don't know that for a fact. Why isn't China buying it anymore? Well, because of trade tariffs and what have you. Got and, it. and uh, you know, you would think China would have their own. They would have enough of their own. To, why would they come here and buy a container ship full of my newspapers? But back to Eureka, uh, you said it was stated that their machine doesn't read the black plastic apparently it can read clear plastic so they've taken out the human uh uh worker yeah. why isn't there uh, fred and john should be picking out black plastic uh, physically rather than it going through the scanner or the reader yeah i guess the larger point is it's another example that's a salon is more than happy to take congratulations from the sierra club they're more than happy to take congratulations from uh, environmental activists. Oh, you brave city council. Thank you for uh, telling the uh, restaurants. What, in restaurants, basically right now is the only industry in the city of St. Paul. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I don't think I'm being, uh, I don't think that's hyperbole. Right. The only thriving industry in the city of St. Paul are restaurants, brew, brew what do you call those? Brew, brew pubs, pubs yep. cafes, what have you. And And you're going to them. And you're putting the onus of responsibility on them. They're more than willing to recycle. They've been recycling. When are you? When is one? When are one of you going to have the the uh, the wisdom to say, "Well, wait a minute. This this isn't entirely reasonable that uh, we expect the business owner to do everything. How about you have better recycling? That should be priority. Go find a damn machine that can read this black plastic. I don't know what kind of scanning devices they have but uh you know maybe there's a fortune to be made by some entrepreneur in his garage coming up with a new means of scanning uh recyclables uh, to uh gather more of them i told you minneapolis is doing the same thing i told you this a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. the a guy a friend of mine owns a bar he was told he can't use glassware that is rewashable that that's reused he was told he can't use that. Instead, he has to use glasses that are disposable, that they have to throw away. And he thought, that's the dumbest thing Makes I've no ever sense. heard of. Makes no Why sense. Why are you making me? Because in their mind, in Minneapolis now I'm speaking, in their mind, the glasses that he was rewashing and reusing could end up in the garbage. Mm-hmm. What, that, that's well, the what, dumbest what, thing I've ever heard of. What couldn't end up in the garbage. Exactly. Right. If, you're, if that's your logic, then... You know, like, you could throw a dead horse in there and they'll pick it up. There's another way to look at this. There's another way to look at this. Basically, the average citizen, I'm going to say, and I could be out on a limb here, I would say the average citizen is conscientiously approving of the idea of recycling. 
Yeah. I, I certainly am on board. Right. What's to argue with? It makes a lot of sense to me that it, that my milk carton can become somebody's lawn furniture. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense to me. I'm all for it. Right. It could be that our desire to recycle has outpaced technology's ability to recycle it. It could be that our desire to recycle, uh, for example, uh, I've had to pluck those plastic containers out of our recycling bag at home knowing that they're not recyclable but i'm eager to recycle them i wish somebody come up with a million dollar idea to recycle the black plastics the the, not black the plastic sleeves that newspapers come in i'm all for not choking a whale to death with plastic i'm on board don't people use those as the dog poop bags yeah they do they double up but it, it could very well be that our desire to be uh, environmentally sensitive is far outpacing the means that the recycling companies have to keep pace with our desires. That's my thought. That's my deep thought. Mm. And, my, and my second deep thought is, why don't you people in the salon get the cojones to go to the people you've hired to do the recycling and tell them to get their act together so that restaurant owners don't have to increase their expenses tenfold to buy approvable uh, uh, to-go containers, which are only going to mean the cost is passed on to the consumer or people will get laid off. Right. It's working. There's no linking among Mysterians. There's no understanding of consequences among Mysterians. They act by the seat of their pants day after day after day. They are adult children. No one is stopping to say, well, wait a minute here. Why are we telling uh, uh, Mrs. Vang that she can't sell her chow mein in a black plastic container? Why don't we get to the bottom of why that black plastic container is causing some trouble for Eureka? We don't get that. No. Because Mysterians, Mysterians, uh, tragically, in my estimation. It's recycling. Don't it's link. rubbish. They it's don't trash. Link. They don't link. Climate change. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oscar. <laughs> All right, we'll be back in just a moment. This guy has seen more urban wildlife than a DNR field agent with a Ph.D., Joe Souchere. You want proof of that, that I've seen more urban wildlife than a DNR field agent? Yes. Here's today. Uh, Here it is right there. Three deer on uh, Edgecombe Road right there. Three young ones. Just walking along. They're just walking. Look at that. Having the time of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the food at? They're running on the Yarmos. I don't know. Gorgeous young things. Mm-hmm. I tried to hit them, but I missed with my car. Do they nibble on? Uh, I'm kidding. Do they nibble on uh, nutrients Arborvites. around your yard? Arborvites. Oh, they do. That's their favorite. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's try to break this down. Uh, David writes. Representative Jerry Munson has a picture of a ten million dollar solar panel that is completely covered in snow and has been for several several <laughs> weeks. All right. Listen to this now. This is this is major. Well, that wasn't your doozy. Oh, I'm getting to the doozy. Oh. Aunt, let's go to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay. Are you listening intently? Show me your intent listening face. Mm-hmm. 
When a homeowner invests several thousand dollars installing solar panels on solar panels on their property, the hope is that a new building or a neighbor's tree won't rise up to block the sun. Ann Arbor officials are now considering whether people who go solo, I'm sorry, people who go solar or want to go solar should be granted solar access rights. Wow. (laughs) City Council uh, voted unanimously Monday night, March 4, to approve a resolution from the city's Energy Commission to move forward on developing such an ordinance. It could give landowners the ability to register solar easements to preserve solar access on their properties in perpetuity. The Energy Commission brings this forward, asking that we devote some resources to studying the issue, said Councilmember Jack Eaton, a Democrat from the 4th Ward and a sponsor of the resolution. We want homeowners and property owners to install solar panels, Eaton said. It's going to be a complex issue with a lot of interest to balance. It's going to be a challenge to weigh the competing interests for, you know, air rights and solar rights. And it will be interesting to see how this plays out, said council member Ali Ramlawi, a Democrat. But I'd rather see us being proactive and trying to get ahead of these issues that are coming at us. All right. That's because proactive is foghornable. The council has directed the city administrator to work with the city's planning manager, city attorney, sustainability office, energy commission, and planning commission this year to develop the ordinance for city council consideration. It could also go to the county for consideration at the county level. The Energy Commission and City Council suggest looking at lessons learned from similar ordinances in other communities such as Boulder, Colorado, which limits shading from new construction or trees. (laughs) The approved resolution suggests allowing establishment of solar access boundaries on properties and looking at vegetation trimming standards and building setback requirements. The final ordinance needs to consider that future city development may involve taller building heights, particularly downtown. It's well worth the effort, another Democrat said, Jeff Hainer. Disconnecting from the grid is the way to go and consider this more supportive of our sustainability initiatives. Well, let's read between the lines. If I got a great big tree in my yard and it blocks my neighbor's newly installed solar panel on his roof... What this sounds like to me is that as the installer of the solar panel, I'd have an argument to make before the planning commission that my neighbor has to cut down his big tree. Is this windmilling? I think so, because you have this story today from MPR. MPR, uh, which is completely on board the template, it's part of their narrative to be hysterical and we're all going to die from climate change. That's an MPR narrative, like it is with most (laughs) news-gathering organizations. Here's an impressive figure. This this story, by the way, is completely unrelated to Ann Arbor, but you'll see I'm, be able, I'm able to provide a link. You're linking these two together. We'll see that right away. The headline is, Why Our Trees Are Like Climate Change Fighting Superheroes. <laughs> Why are trees, okay. In Ann Arbor, we might have to get rid of them if you put up a solar panel. Right. But uh, today, out of the uh, NPR newsroom comes this story. Uh, by uh, Paul Huffner, why our trees are like climate change fighting superheroes. Here's an impressive figure, $5 billion a year. That's how much those trees outside your window reduce energy bills in the U.S. Okay. Since trees pull CO2 directly from the atmosphere, they absorb as much as 20% of our annual greenhouse gas emissions. But wait, there's more. 
University of Minnesota Center for Forest Ecology Director Lee Freelig says your trees are like climate change fighting superheroes. About 48% of the tree is actually carbon that was taken out of the atmosphere, Freelich said during a recent interview with NPR meteorologist uh, Paul Hutner. So we can store a lot of carbon in trees for a long time. A report by Climate Central says trees in the Twin Cities alone remove 7.3 million tons of CO2, uh, CO2 a year. May I have a we don't know that? Uh, see, you're, you weren't listening intently. Uh, you're supposed to be listening that. intently. That's pretty quick. Uh, that could also be here's today's environmental statistic. Too. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sure. About 48% of the tree is actually carbon. All right. And uh, a report by, the, by Climate Central says trees in the Twin Cities alone remove 7.3 million tons of CO2 a year. That's uh, a, we don't know no, that. that. That was here's today's environmental That was an ass statistic. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But it's still probably only 1% or 2% of all the CO2 emissions in a metro area like this, Freelich said. It sounds to me like he has no idea. In order to really harness the power of trees as climate change solutions, we'll need to plant a lot more trees across much larger areas, he said. Okay. So here's this. And I'm, I'm pro-tree. Right. I you like almost, a nice tree. Almost had a relationship with one tree. I've never had a relationship with a tree, but I've, close. I've counseled a tree. Right. I've comforted a tree. The old tree in Minneapolis that was about to go down, gave I it gave a it a pat. I didn't pat. hug it. I just gave it a little, how right. you doing? Right. Good luck I'm pro-tree. So I'm inclined to believe this NPR story. Trees are important. Mm-hmm. In Ann Arbor, the hell with the trees. They're the enemy. If right. you're going to block the solar panel. These people cannot get their act together. They just can't link. Well, it proves they're just throwing crap against the wall to see what sticks. That's what that's that's exactly what this proves. Plus, if you have solar panels on your roof in Minneapolis or St. Paul right now, they're under three feet of snow. Right. They're not very effective. I, I'm curious. Yes, uh, you in the back. If a tree was, in fact, a superhero, which I'm on board with, what kind of costume is that? Well, I was, thinking, I was thinking we need to come up with names. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's not enough to just say birch or pine right, or right. oak or maple. It's got to have some, it's some gotta oomph have, It's got to it. have oomph. Mm-hmm. It's got to have power, and it's got to be a superhero. In Ann Arbor, Michigan, they're cont- contemplating a law to inhibit tall buildings and to remove trees from shading people's solar panels. Couple hundred miles here to the west, yeah. right here in NPR. Today's hysteria story is why our trees are like climate change fighting superheroes. <laughs> we need to get these people. We together. need to plant more trees. Only to have these same people in this NPR news article. These same people will be stepping forward when they catch on to the problem trees cause for solar panels. I think that story should be brought. To NPR, the, so they can see how the Ann Arbor story. Yes, uh, I would like to hear where that's they from stand. A, a site called Michigan Alive. Uh, Ann Arbor considering law to prevent tall buildings and trees from shading people's solar panels. On and there's a picture of a house here with a helpful uh, picture of a solar panel oh, on its roof, the no but there's snow. not a drop of snow in the yard. And watch, these frauds will get together. They'll huddle. Because they got to huddle and yep. figure out huddle. the next plan. No, you'll go in the salon to huddle. And it's going to be height restrictions on trees. 
Well, you're absolutely right. That's what they've come up and with. And height restrictions on buildings. And here's a picture in NPR of trees framing clouds ah. on East River Flats Park along the Mississippi <laughs> River in Minneapolis on July 24th, 2016. This story was printed March 6, 2019, but that's all they could do is go into the file and find me a picture of a tree taken three years ago. Throw, go out the, go right out. So there's trees everywhere. I you like don't have trees. to have leaves on them. Give me a winter shot of a tree. I told you this one time. It's rather trivial, but I'll repeat hmm. it. What is it? I would say if there's a hundred photographs in a newspaper, okay. Well, uh, that in the, in the file. No, no. In the daily newspaper, that oh. wouldn't work. Okay, oh, okay. It, it, it would work in a, maybe a big, thick Sunday New York Times. If there was a hundred photographs of something—war, mm-hmm. pestilence, famine, travel to Puerto Rico—ninety-nine of those pictures, somewhere in the picture, there will be a tree. Really? Yeah. I haven't really paid any attention to that. Hold that thought. Go, go oh. get it right now. He's going to conduct. He's going to go grab the Star Tribune. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hold that thought. All right. So uh, he's going to grab the enemy paper. How, how many did he say? He said ninety percent. Okay. Did he say ninety percent? I wasn't listening. I kind of wasn't either, to be honest. I was kind of. I was looking for this. I was looking for that. Here's today's environmental statistic. Why do you note this? I only note this because there's probably more trees now than there was two hundred years ago. Did you say ninety percent of the photos? Is that what you I said? I would say ninety nine percent. Ninety nine percent. Here's the play photo. We were close on the cover of the uh, Star Tribune as. Uh, Something about Target. Are now, there trees in the picture? Now you're you're talking just photos, not graphs and photos. And, no, just there, the photos. Would you corroborate, please? Here, the photo. Is that a tree? Is that a tree? Yes, tree. Uh, here's a story. Minneapolis Scooter Squadron to turn Armada. Oh, and there's a picture of some people on a scooter. Oh, yeah. You see trees in the that's background. That is correct. Here's a picture of young sisters who survived in the wild. Or you, you don't oh, vegetation oh, trees there. Got vegetation got them. Okay, we turn to. Uh, well, I don't count in pictures taken no, indoors. No. no. Uh, here's a frustrated Trump ends preferential trade treatment for India. Uh, I don't see a tree in that picture. Uh, all right. Okay. Uh, the terrible tornado down in Alabama. Yeah, you yeah, see all the, the trees everywhere. See the trees. Uh, these that's an indoor. These are indoors. So, so wait a minute. So now you're changing that to outdoor photos. I, I should have said outdoor. Outdoor I photos. Yeah, I should have said that's outdoor. what you meant. That's what you meant. Right. Now that's, you're getting to the boring the, part of the paper. That's the front section. How about the comics? Uh, what Marmaduke do? Uh, variety. I'm not going to count variety. Here's uh, a. <laughs> Variety, I bet you'd get a tree or two. Oh, you can find Doors open. Minneapolis aims to unlock city secrets. Uh, oh, which yeah. is Hat Water Tower I can there. see them. Do you see, see the trees? trees? Yes. All right. Uh, park may be renamed after Mondale. Do you see the trees? Uh, uh, have you seen spring? Picture of a kid with a big snow. You see the trees? Yep, right back uh, there, the tops. Uh, hockey, early St. Patrick's Day party will tie up traffic. Uh, do you see trees there? Right uh, in there? Right for, in front of there, yeah, yeah, yeah. in front of the actual yeah. yeah, yeah. Good luck parking in your city this weekend. Uh, here's a picture of the Midtown Global Market. I don't see a tree, but oh, right really? above it, right above it, unfortunately, ah. 18 dogs died in a fire at a Stacy boarding oh, kettle. You see the trees? Yeah. You see Awful. the trees? 
Um, I'm going to stop this now because it's rather pointless. It's rather. Here's the business cover. Business cover. Eden Prairie to get tenant headquarters. You see the trees? Uh, oh, yeah. I got that one I right here. Yeah, all right, thank you. Well, look at this one. Yeah. Even on back of the uh, variety section, what do you see? Uh, I see uh, in the birding uh, column. I see a bird in a tree. That's so. So in Ann Arbor, we're going after the trees. If you got solar power. And here in the old Twin Cities, we got a beautiful piece uh, telling us how important the trees are to fighting climate change to the point where the trees might be considered climate change fighting superheroes. Climate change fighting superheroes. We're going to be joined by uh, Patrick today because... uh, There'll be no podcast 113 until Monday, so the GL podcast will be on hiatus tomorrow and Friday, but you'll still be able to listen to whatever Reavers comes up with as a best of. Hello, Patrick. Uh, So are you escaping, maybe, uh, before the heart attack snow shows up this weekend? Yes, 15 inches of snow Saturday. And uh, the, the heavy stuff, too, right? The oh, roofs yeah. Will be collab- roofs will be collapsing. Warm and wet, baby. Oh, man. Yeah. Nah, they can't really be serious about 15 inches. Well, I heard, like, you know, something to the effect of six to eight inches during the day, and that continues uh, six more inches maybe overnight <laughs> Saturday. Maybe you'd be lucky if it became rain. Anyway, yeah, that's, uh, well, you think you got problems. The, uh, I'm sitting in Naples, in downtown Naples, at a little bench. And the wife is in the store, which was the scene of the ninety-dollar butter dish. So we can only imagine what uh, what might what, what might occur today while we're in there. You're going to have to refresh my memory on the ninety-dollar butter dish. Well, you needed a butter dish for the little condo down here, and uh, so she said we need a butter dish, and she came out with one that had a sterling top on it. Mm-hmm. So ninety dollars. We had a ninety-dollar butter dish. That's too expensive and, for and, a butter and, dish. And the bad thing is, it only holds one stick too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to not only is it ninety bucks, but you got to change the stick like uh, three times a week. That's right, know? Patrick. My question so. for you would be: How long uh, last year? I know your memory's pretty good. How long did it take for you to inquire about the cost of this butter dish? Oh, I almost immediately. Well, no, no, I've known. I think we talked about this about three years ago, the, the, the $90 butter dish. And she, in fact, as we were walking in, uh, kind of turned around, winked at me and said, this is where I got the $90 butter dish. <laughs> <laughs> taunted, taunted me a little. That's a taunting. Uh, well, we're update. Down the, we're down here with the Hoy Ploy in uh, Naples. Our one annual visit. Update us on the clock. On the uh, clock? Uh, what do you mean now? Well, you were going to leave the clock in the box and oh, wait for. Oh, oh yeah. She, uh, you know what? Didn't work as well as I thought because she was not at all surprised it was still in the box. Oh. I even complained. And now she has put the clock up. It, it took, oh, roughly four minutes, I would say. So, right. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I probably could have done it. You know what I'm not real good at, though, is when you're trying to put them on the hooks and you got to line up that the hook that's in the back 
that little hole that is supposed to hang. Yeah, on. yeah, it can be a problem. I can I can scratch up a wall pretty good trying to yeah. get that thing lined up. Uh, I, I think we were all better served. We just waited for her to do it. But it is nice to know what time it is when you're in the in the big room now. So that's good. In my came out okay. In my mind's eye, I I see you putting the hammer down, getting your hands behind it, and then saying, "Where is that? <laughs> what happened?" To that? Huh. Well, that's this. In fact, is the worst time of the year. Uh, come uh, on the occasions that I'm home, when the, the two times a year when you have to change the the time, right? Yeah. The one in our kitchen at home, you kind of got to stretch up there. I've I've been known to spend ten minutes trying to get that after changing that one to get that's that right. one back up there. That's uh, that's that's really a tough uh, Rubik's cube. That one. Pat, did I read correctly that Sonol was sent to the Mayo Clinic to have his heel worked on? Oh, this thing, though, dog. Uh, uh, this was I was going to say they say it was like a serious dog bite. It was terrible. It was, uh, and they they. You know, he shows up and he said, well, they knew he had his heel cut, but nobody uh, told them that they should be alarmed about this. And when they finally got a look at it on uh, that second day he was there, uh, they 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 were uh, scared to death. And they, they had it cleaned and sutured down here. But the thing, it's, there's no skin down there, you know, in the back of your heel. It's, right. Uh, it's, and uh, when they put the sutures in, there's, you know, it's not like you're not sticking any meat down there. You're and they, uh, this they they just got it got to about eighty percent healed, and then it wasn't healing anymore. So they said, "All right, let's send him to some place that's going to fix this." But uh, his birthday is May eleventh. He'll be twenty six, and uh, that might be a reasonable date that he'll be back uh, playing for them because uh, I think this is like almost a three week process of. Making sure the dang thing is uh, is closed up for him. It's well, uh, it was a brutal cut, I guess, and then it got infected, and of course nobody, you know, and the folks in the Dominican were not in a panic over this as they should have been, uh, and uh, you know, so they should have after about three days put him on a plane, sent him to. But uh, so, so he's had no spring training. Uh not swinging the bat. Or running, he's been doing the, you know the the upper body torso stuff. He still look. We saw him a couple of days ago. He still looks like he hasn't put on the pounds or anything. He still looks like he's in good shape. But uh, yeah, see when he it's going to be probably three weeks before he's uh, doing what we we used to call them workouts. Joe. Right now we call them baseball activity. I know that drives oh, yeah. me crazy. Baseball activity. Yeah, go ahead you in the back there. Pat, I forgot to bring yeah. this up last uh, Friday when you were on, but uh, it was it was th- this time of the year is always reminding me of one of my favorite segments in sports talk history when Joe was going through the Twins preseason and regular season uh, calendar figuring which days he could take off not realizing that they had switched <laughs> radio stations. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, you know what, I was a little misty, uh, uh, in fact, in, in remembrance of the march where I had six radio shows, it was kind of fun. <laughs> you know, got a, uh, let's see, we were supposed to have 21 and we had six because there were 15 Twins games. <laughs> that would, uh, that's where the, vir- the 
mayor was doing drive time like he should be doing. Right. <laughs> well, we both agree on that. You, you know what, though, mayor? Yeah. The uh, with the way, as long as games go now, if 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 that was five or six years ago, you would have missed a lot of time too. Right. You'll be playing at five o'clock in the afternoon. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Say the uh, Gophers but, beat Purdue. Does that put them in the tournament? Yeah, they, uh, that was quite a scene at the end. With that, it was that kind of a modest floor of a court rush, and then they introduced the seniors, and it was uh, it was probably as festive of a scene uh, as we've had in Williams Arena in years, I mm-hmm. would say. And uh, I think they're in the tournament. Yeah, they uh, 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 they got they they let them catch them, and then there was a hey, Reeves, help me out. What was that long review? I was watching it in pot alone. Uh, what was the long review before they decided to let the big gopher shoot a free throw and then give him the ball? What they were trying about? to decide if Coffee was the person who had knocked the ball out of bounds, and the the, oh, the they, but had they already called a flagrant foul? Yes, yes, and so that's they were trying to determine well, well, what did the guy do to Stockman? It looked like he was just fighting for a rebound. Apparently, the way that it was explained was that they had to determine if the foul occurred. While either the Gophers had possession or Purdue had possession, because apparently that would have changed how that call was enforced. That's the way uh, I understand it. You know, I really like the uh, modern uh, the college basketball and the NBA too, Joe, because we got to figure out in the last two minutes who knocked the ball out of bounds, and that can take about oh six seven minutes. Mm-hmm. And they're over there watching on a twelve inch screen, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, like you used to have going to your. Uh, TV room and uh, it takes what? How long did that last one take? Oh God, uh, forever! Gave the ball like over six, seven minutes. It did. It, it took forever. Yeah. And our wild lost, and I'm with Dubnik, uh, the the guy who beat him on a shootout play. Stopped. Twice. He stopped twice. 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 He stopped. Why don't they just put a clock on these guys yeah. and say you got to shoot within three seconds or something? Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. Uh, well, he's. Uh, They've gotten slow motion, but did you see Boots disagreed with him? Yeah, I was surprised. No, I thought he was still uh, making progress. Well, he was, but the progress of a snail. Yeah. What? Man, they uh, they got a little life in their step now with these new guys. They got some speed. They have joined the modern NHL. They got they got rid of two uh, big bruising power forwards, Coyle and Niederreiter, and they got some guys who can zip around a little bit. Yeah, the guy they got from Nashville is pretty good. Is it Fiala? Fiala. Fiala. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he almost that got in a good. fight with a Nashville guy last night. Forsberg. The Nashville guy, Forsberg, was laughing. <laughs> P.K. Subban got a goal. You see who P.K.'s new girlfriend is? I believe it's Lindsey Vaughn. Lindsey Vaughn. Wow. Dang, almighty. Yeah. You know? Uh, Tiger's loss is PK's game. Right. Let's put it that way. Speaking so. of Tiger, he dropped out of Arnie's tournament with the bad neck. Well, I hate to bring this up, but you know what the flying rumor is? What? Down here the, in the golf circles, and it hasn't really even been hidden anymore, that uh, the uh, the uh, massage parlor. Yep. There's uh uh, numerous golfers uh, might be involved in this. Really? Mm-hmm. They must really have bad backs. Including some, <laughs> uh, including some deer or heart who might have dropped out of Bay Hill, but we're not naming any names. 
Well, it's the first thing I thought of was Tiger because it's in Jupiter where he lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's and, and there's a lot of golfers around there, and they got tournaments right there. And uh, yeah, they uh, they say that they say that Robert Kraft isn't the biggest name, so that's telling you something, right? Well, I saw the gals who work at the Orchid Spa there, and I don't understand the attraction. Did you stop no, down there when you were down there, Joe? No, I've been there a couple Joe, times. Joe, maybe you had to, you know, my neck hurts. Can you, uh, can you get this kink out of my neck? Those were the tools. You know, and then somebody would say, you want a happy ending? And Joe would say, what? I, yeah, my back's fine. <laughs> they, would, they would say to Joe, you know, we do other stuff. He says, no, I'm just here for my neck. Can I just you want my, my neck, neck work done. <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> hey, hey, what are you doing? My neck is up here. Hey, leave me up. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that would be, uh, you would never be, uh, no, but the, but Bob uh, was apparently being serviced by the old, by the owner who's in her 50s. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, uh, a woman who's worked there for years who is not a Chinese sli- sex slave. So. I see. Bob, Bob was very ethical in his massage. Of course, ah, good, good for him. It's all very tawdry. It's right. all very tawdry. Right. I can't wait you to did see the. You did see the. I told you about this last week, though. The New York Post cover. No. You know, you know, we had Deflate Gate with oh, yeah. Brady and the football. Yeah. Inflate Gate. Right. In, <laughs> inflate Gate. I can't <laughs> wait, and I hope he has the courage to do it, but Caliendo coming out as Belichick to do the Robert Kraft press conference <laughs> yeah. will be spectacular. Yeah. I doubt I that Frank would do that. I know he wouldn't. I know. Happy endings the happen every day. The station that has the Patriots, uh, you know, our, I told you this last week, that guy Maserati, they were not allowed to talk about it. Pat, are the ball, is the ball club, ball club playing today? No game. This is one of their two off days, and down here they're treated like Christmas Eve when they have those days. that They lock her up. Nobody goes to the ballpark. The minor leaguers are, uh, I think today's, Yesterday they officially reported, and today they're working out. But uh, the, the, the major league clubhouse stadium is all locked up. So this, this explains your availability to go to the ninety dollars butter dish store. <laughs> We're going to go down there, and uh, well, here here's the other drama. We have the uh, the tenth birthday of the oldest grandchild coming up, and uh, there's you know there's. There's tox, toggery to be acquired, I would think, and you got to go to Naples for that. Oh, you got to get the stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right, Pat, thank you. All right, uh, have a good weekend. Uh, you too, thank you. All right. Can I have my board back? Yes, yes. no, you can. There what do you think? Yeah. What, why are we starting to go Scotland on that so call? So with our new uh, board here, there's mm-hmm. uh, apparently a few wires that are zigging when they should be zagging. <laughs> you hear that, everybody? Is that, my, is that Reaver's here, stomach? Can I turn my microphone? Can yeah, you hear here that? Here we go. Somebody's drilling through uh, almost as old. They are going break. to the vault to get <laughs> the riches. Can you correct that uh, problem? Yeah. We're, uh, yeah we're, we're, you know what we are? We're one day closer. To making that happen.
Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. This next story brought to you by R.F. Muller Jewelry. Born in Cleveland and St. Paul, 50th in France and Edina. Gabaday Common in Minneapolis, helping klutzes like us for 67 years do the right thing. Here's why I hate social media. Why? <clears throat> What's Deadline? Is that a sports uh, site? Deadline? I'm unfamiliar. Deadline reported that uh, Will Smith has been cast to play Serena and Venus Williams' father. Oh, yeah, Richard. In a new biopic about the tennis stars, and some leftists are not happy about it. Deadline Hollywood is a um, an entertainment Hollywood, a TMZ style. Apparently, Smith, who is black, is not black enough <laughs> to play Richard Williams. <laughs> Sports reporter Clarence Hill Jr., I don't know who he is, was disappointed about the casting of Smith because... Colorism matters. What? Colorism matters. Love Will Smith, but there are other black actors for this role, said Hill in a tweet posted Monday. And that post has racked up well over 2,000 likes. That's the end of the story. So some anonymous Twitter fool can put that out there and it becomes a story. It's ruining America. It's ruining our life. I love the fact that you know, colorism matters. One of the most successful actors, regardless of race, one of the most successful actors in Hollywood that would make this movie a ton of money. Yeah. No, 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 no. We Ain't can't. Black. We Call can't me up a photo that. of Richard Williams, please, the father of Venus and Serena. Uh, what what degree of blackness do we have to achieve here? If memory serves me correctly, he, was he not a nice guy growing up? Wasn't he a, a pretty, uh, I don't, I'm not going to say abusive, but he was a, a very uh, he had a plan for the girls. Exactly, he was stern with the girls. Taskmaster, perhaps over the top. I, I have no idea. I don't. He had a uh, plan for them uh, for their tennis career when he was six years old. When mm-hmm. they were six years old. Okay, there's Will Smith, uh, and there's there's images, Dad Richard Williams. I, you know, <laughs> I'm hearing a real loud drill uh, taking place. Can't wait for it to come. Well, right so all you got to do is make Will's hair a little whiter, and you, you got your actor. What's the problem? And it's Will Smith. Yeah, he can play anything. He can have any role he wants. Right. He's great. Uh, I'm looking wow. at Will. Black enough. I'm looking I'm at Will's black upbringing. enough for you. Uh, his dad was a U.S. Air Force veteran. Who's, who's upbringing? Uh, Rich or uh, Will Smith? What does that have to Just do to with anything? Just to see what his background so is. You weren't listening if, he a, if he had a struggle. Yeah. Um, uh, private Catholic elementary school in Philly. Uh, it looks like he had a really good upbringing, and I don't know why. Well, I'm happy that he has. Well, I'm just saying his career has been, he's had a very good career. He's been a clean actor pr- for the most part. And but, what but the man, hell you don't you don't get it. Colorism matters, and he's not black enough. He's not black enough for you. Should we what? stick with black people? My people? I am. I'm behind black people. My people? I'm yeah. going to, yes. Darnell Bird McPherson, and Darnell is a female name in this case. Okay. Do you know that in the South, Douglas is a female name? Really? I think so. Well, in Do you any go event, by Dougie if you're Douglas. female? In, well, I had a, my, a good friend whose mom's name was Douglas. Douglas. Yeah, from Atlanta right. area. 
Darnell Bird McPherson, the volunteer mayor of Lamar, South Carolina, said she was a hate crime victim after finding a yellow, sticky substance that seemed to have been sprayed on her car last month. Okay. And she immediately jumped to the conclusion that she must be the victim of a hate crime. Why would this be? McPherson had returned to her home Feb 7 and told, uh, who did she tell? Some uh, magazine down there. She told some magazine that her husband went out to the car to get some things out of the garage. He said, somebody painted your car. It was a grainy substance like industrial spray foam used to patch concrete. Oh, the magazine was Newsweek. And looked like little pebbles. The stuff was on her husband's car as well. McPherson told Newsweek that she likened it as a hate crime because, number one, there's a history of racism in our town of Lamar. In a statement to WPETV, the mayor said, During the 70s, crosses were burned in the yard of our home when my mother was involved with the civil rights movement on this very same corner in this very same yard. So she jumped from this substance on her car to... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, horrible behavior 45 years ago. Sure. Uh, police have a different explanation. Oh, no. M- Matt, you're not doing what I asked you to do before the show. Remember? Let me find some paint sounders. Hang on a second. Let me, <laughs> let me grab some of those. You're right. I forgot. Let me get some brushes. I didn't want you to call it up because I was going to give you a test. Oh, okay. What do you think the stuff was on her car? Well, the construction part oh go ahead matthew i'm thinking tree sap pollen pollen. (laughs) an incident report the magazine obtained said mcpherson and her husband streaked fingers over their car surfaces and realized it was not paint and that the substance could be removed with a finger similar to pollen her statements wpde noted the incident happened last night even though i drove my car today i thought it was pollen my husband and our neighbor noticed the cars looked like someone had spray painted on both our vehicles which were parked in our front yard (laughs) nevertheless mcpherson told newsweek this is after she learns it's pollen it ignited some fear in my spirit my god who would do that it was something that was just unnerving to me Uh, no words or symbols were drawn through the substance uh and she, she said and to me that was the message so she's really trying to There's no message. cling to the idea that she was the victim of something here. Uh, also, the executive director of the Darlington County First Steps, which aims, uh, I don't know what that says, has no possible motives for a person or people targeting her. <laughs> Darlington County Sheriff's Office Lieutenant Robbie Kilgo told Newsweek that we found it to be pollen. There was no reason for us to even collect it as a sample. The incident report obtained by the magazine noted that a sergeant and a deputy immediately came to the conclusion that the substance had a yellowish tint to it and that it's a type of powder similar to pollen. A spokeswoman from the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division added to Newsweek that officials there looked at the report and decided against opening a formal investigation. Why not? Because we didn't think a crime occurred, the spokesman told the magazine. Nevertheless... McPherson told Newsweek the sixty the sticky substance is something and that it took two different solutions to get it off. Unfortunately, the mayor saved no examples before the cars were pressure washed twice the next day. So Pollen gets Newsweek coverage? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Wow. Boy, these people are dangerous. 
Imagine for a second that you're the cop in this scenario or the sheriff, sorry, in this scenario. And you're thinking to yourself, I just wasted a half an hour on this. Honest to God. You ever had pollen on your car? Oh, yeah. I'm sure I have. I have. But what did you think it was? I thought it was. Crime? I thought that was a victim of a hate yeah. crime. Did hate you crime. really? Yeah, really. I did. I did. I thought maybe uh, Betty McCollum was up to it. Mister Unbelievable, um, maybe. Maybe somebody. Somebody was out to get me, and there was pollen on my car. And uh, I, I will. I do remember this one time. I came out of the Grandview Theater at night. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> those stink plants. Yes, the ginkgos. Uh, ginkgos uh, had uh, it smelled like throw up all over my car, and I thought I, then I thought I was a victim of a hate attack. I you, thought it was a victim. Of I a remember when that racist happened. attack. You were, what, what's that? A foul smell. I, I think black people pelted my car with those ginkgo <laughs> bulbs. What are ginkgo? Why can't I picture it? It's a it? tree that smells like throw up. It's the oldest. It's the most ancient tree there is, and they, uh, on on and off years, they make a, a ginkgo ball. And it, it it smells. It smells like vomit. Ugh. And they fall to the ground, and people walk on them or drive over them. And for some reason, in the city, you, you there's a you can treat them to not bear the fruit. When I got home, I had to wash my car. Yeah, so I, there was no evidence for me to give the police. But I did. I did feel that my life was threatened. I think you had sure. a, a. Why don't you call Newsweek? Newsweek would have covered I, that. I should have called somebody. You can't I, just call them in Highland pretty, Village. I'm pretty convinced it was racially based. <laughs> uh, oh my God. But, lady, once you find out it's pollen, why didn't you just shut up? Realize how stupid you are. Well, that's what I mean. I, why did uh, there's a follow up after with Newsweek? Oh. Well, we knew what it was, but I, but, I still felt uh, th- the feeling I felt at the time before knowing it was I felt violated or nervous. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. She felt that her spirit was in danger. Well, you have to take up that with you have to take that up with nature, I guess. Right. Nature, nature contributes a lot of pollen. Hey, one size rarely fits all anymore. That's why uh, Federated Insurance tailors the insurance coverage you need you need to your specific business or industry. Their uh, their, their reps are the best in the business. They love that company. And that's and you're going to end up loving that company. They offer property and casualty life and disability income insurance to businesses in select industries, and their marketing reps get to know you. They get to know your operation, and that allows them to customize the coverage you need. Nothing extraneous. They'll take care of what you need in a customized way. Driving a significant part of your business, they'll talk to you about auto liability. Worried about a cyber attack? They'll talk to you about data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. They've been in business for about 111 years down in Owatonna. You need an insurance carrier who treats your business uniquely. Get in touch with a federated insurance marketing rep to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Say, do you realize uh, we have another? We have a former Olympic medalist who has come forward to say biological men should not compete in women's sports? Oh, this is Sharon Davies. Oh, I did see this. She won a silver medal for Great Britain in the 1980 Summer Olympics, Mm -hmm. but she's accused now of of hate speech. Of course, Mm -hmm. because that's the logical conclusion you can make from that. But she's a trans. Yeah. Uh, This just just came out with Martina Navratilova. Because she got the uh, the treatment from everybody, from the LGBTQ RS community. Yep. (laughs) Davies, a 56-year-old former swimmer who won a silver for Great Britain, in 1980, decided to take a public stand against biological males who identify as females competing in women's sports. 
I have nothing against anyone who wishes to be transgender, she tweeted. However, I believe there is a fundamental difference between the binary sex you are born with and the gender you may identify as. To protect women's sports, those with a male sex advantage should not be able to compete in women's sports. And just as tennis legend Navratilova got upbraided and even kicked out of an LGBTQRMNOPQRSTUVWXYZ advocacy group for saying the same thing last month, Davis uh, is sticking to her guns as well. And doesn't it stand a reason? Men and women have different skeletal dynamics. You are sexist. No, they do. They're That's men fat. and women Correct. are different. Right. In terms of, of how fast they can run, how fast they can mm-hmm. swim, mm-hmm. how high they can jump, the whole thing. Men and women are different. It has nothing to do with me indicting uh, the LBGTQ, WMNOP, QRST, WKRP in Cincinnati. Right. It has nothing to do with that. I'm just saying, and here here's Davey saying the same thing, <laughs> you know, and never Tolova saying the same thing, and they get ripped for it. What the hell are we supposed to believe? And what's the future? Maybe there should, okay, I'm not even, this isn't meant to be funny. Maybe there should be a a, a transition gender in the Olympics. Oh, there you go. Men, women, and whether like you, third division. Whether you have switched over one or two, this is, if you, uh, this is your gender where you can compete. You're on to something. I don't know how it would work. Remember but Remember how dumb you used to be? Well, I'm better now. You're better now. Yes. That's what's going to have to come to. All these little high school girls, I say little, all high school girls who are, you know, they're having uh, diversity and inclusivity jammed down their throats. And then they go to the track meet and they're getting beat by two guys who claim to be female. Sure. Some, that should apply to high school, too. Yes. A high school track and field meets or, or whatever. Why not have a division for tra- uh, people who are identifying uh, uh, against their uh, biological sex? So if you've got trans guys in high school or trans girls, why not have a division for those kids? Right. Mm-hmm. Isn't that inclusive? Well, it's well, I don't know if that'll be inclusive in the eyes of some. Really? That's too logical. And Will they have to declare? I am not a homosexual. They would have to declare that. You know. I still am not a homosexual. No, this has nothing to do with being a homosexual, Pat. This has. I am a homosexual. Okay, thank you. I finally, <laughs> acknowledge. I'm a gay is a six dollar bill, yeah, and right. I want to be in the army. All right, that's right. We're not talking about the military. <laughs> and I want to be in the army. Why did he bring that up? I don't know. I, I don't, don't know, re- but I like when he role plays like that. I don't you know? remember the context. <laughs> you know that that came up. I think that's the answer. You go to the Olympics, and uh, you should have divisions for transgendered uh, athletes. Division three. You, uh, we got a track meet going, hundred yard dash. You know, here, here's the men. No hold. No boom! Holds there barred. goes the gun. There goes the men. Yep. Women. Boom. 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 There goes the gun. There goes Other? the women. All others. All others. Boom. What's well, a, it's a boom? Yes. It's a boom, and they get a medal too. Yep. Half a medal. About a half a medal. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's well. You know. You think that I'm going half metal. I think I think it would be um watched more intently than I, the regular races. It would be the most viewed it Olympic would be, event. It would you'd have to you'd have to watch what's next, you know? Guy I mean, with the big I'm old enough to remember the Russian and Polish women. East Germans too. East I'm sorry, East Germans. Who, uh, you know, where you're talking, Broomhilda? You, right. they were pumped so full of steroids that uh, they. Their I don't know. I don't thick. know what gender they were. 
I mean, so there's nothing new here. There's nothing new here. But I think what... what tiger meat tiger. Right. right. I think what the international uh, sporting uh, life is going to have to come to is the acknowledgement that it isn't fair to a woman to compete against a biologically born male. I agree. And it isn't yep. fair to a biology biolo- um, thing to... Uh, to do it the other way around, That's right? Right. Yeah. In the community, so to speak. Thank God we're not on the board. No. Yeah. Well, well GLers, hey, get ready for Saturday. You're gonna go shovel out. You're gonna go prep. That's what you're doing. You're prepping. Fifteen you're prepping inches of snow Saturday is what I heard. Six to eight during the day, and six to eight overnight. And it's gonna be a wet snow. Yeah, don't touch it with a shovel. Your your snow thrower, your snow blower is going to claw. Spray some WD-40 on that prior to. Okay, Mr. Garage Tech. There it is. Oh, there wow. it is, Bros. What a tip. There it is. <laughs> what a tip. GarageLogic.com is my other tip where you can find out some great, some of the back issues, the back podcasts of Garage Logic since we started prior to uh, number 112 here. This was number 112. Yes, many many more to come so check them all out garagelogic.com rate us on apple itunes Couple and thank of- you thank you glers for these wonderful garage wood pictures they're coming in from all over the world they're fantastic at gl podcast find us on facebook we'll catch you next time garage logic podcast version